0: Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, Today I'm going to be talking about some of the heroes in American history, some Medal of Honor recipients. Now before I get started on the individual recipients, which is the most important part of the show, I want to tell you a little bit about what the Medal of Honor actually is. So let me give you a little bit of history and a little insight into the medal, the award itself. Okay, for those of you who do not know, the Medal of Honor is the United States of America's highest and most most prestigious personal military decoration. There are really three versions, one that's awarded for members of the Army and the Air Force and the Navy, and the Navy is Also awarded to both the Coast Guard and the United States Marines. Now as far as the history is concerned, the award was originally introduced as a bill in 1861 and through some evolution and some rewrites to the bill it's become what it is today. Well the requirements for the Medal of Honor were standardized actually in 1963 and it basically requires that a recipient Distinguish himself conspicuously by gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty. Now, this is to clarify that there are actually three circumstances. You need at least one of the three circumstances. Those circumstances are while engaged in action against an enemy of the United States, while engaged in military operations involving conflict with an opposing foreign force. Or, while serving with friendly foreign forces engaged in an armed conflict against an opposing armed force in which the United States is not a belligerent party. Now, there's something I want to talk about as far as the name is concerned. Now, because the medal is often in the name of Congress, it is often referred to as a Congressional Medal of Honor. However, the official name is Medal of Honor. Within the United States code, the medal is actually referred to just the Medal of Honor. But it is frequently called the Congressional Medal of Honor. They are one and of the same. Now, the medal itself is presented normally by the President of the United States in a formal ceremony in Washington, D.C., and it's intended to represent the gratitude of the American people And any posthumous presentations are made to the primary next of kin. I will be going through some of the citations today. Obviously, I can't go through all as their official number is 3,516 have been awarded with a little less than half of them awarded during the American Civil War. So I'm going to try and cover some more of the the most recent ones or some of the most notable recipients of the Medal of Honor. Uh, I, I don't want to get too much further into the history of the medal, But I will get right into the recipients because, like I said, that's the most important part of the program. And now, again, there's no way I can list all of them. And I'm going to try and pick some from different conflicts and some from different services to kind of give a variety. But they all deserve recognition, even if I can't mention them in this program. Okay, and I'm also going to start with some of the recipients that are still living because a lot of them are departed. The first one I'll start with is... Benny Atkins, Sergeant First Class, United States Army, Vietnam War. Now Sergeant First Class Atkins actually was issued the Medal of Honor on september 15, thousand and fourteen, and the place of the event that took place is Camp Ashau, Republic of Vietnam, from march ninth to march twelfth of nineteen sixty six. Sergeant First Class Atkins was in the Fifth Special Forces Group, Airborne, First Special Forces. The citation reads as follows. Sergeant First Class Adkins distinguished himself during a period of 9 March 1966 to 12 March 1966 during combat operations at Camp A Shao, Republic of Vietnam. When the camp was attacked by a large Viet Cong force, Sergeant First Class Adkins rushed through intense hostile fire and manned a mortar position. Although he was wounded, he ran through exploding mortar rounds and dragged several of his comrades to safety. When the hostile fire subsided, Sergeant First Class Atkins exposed himself to sporadic sniper fire and carried his wounded comrades to the camp dispensary. During the evacuation of a seriously wounded American, Sergeant First Class Atkins maneuvered outside the camp walls to draw fire and successfully cover the rescue. During the early morning hours of 10 March 1966, a Viet Cong regiment launched their main attack. Within two hours, Sergeant First Class Adkins was the only man firing a mortar weapon. Although he was painfully wounded and most of his crew was killed or wounded he fought off the fanatical waves of attacking Viet Cong. After withdrawing to a communications bunker where several Americans were attempting to fight off a company of Viet Cong, Sergeant First Class Atkins killed numerous insurgents with his suppressive fire. rang extremely low on ammunition, he returned to the mortar pit, gathered the vital ammunition, and ran through intense fire back to the communications bunker. After being ordered to evacuate the camp, all signal equipment and classified documents were destroyed. Sergeant First Class Adkins and a small group of men fought their way out of the camp and evaded the Viet Cong for two days until they were rescued by a helicopter. Sergeant First Class Adkins's Extraordinary heroism in close combat against a numerically superior hostile force was in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon himself, his unit, and the United States Army. The next recipient is Harvey C. Barnum, Jr., 1st Lieutenant, United States Marine Corps, assigned to Company H, as in Hotel, 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, 3rd Marine Division. Date of Issue... February 27th, 1967. Place and date of the event. Kai Phu in Quang Tin Province, Republic of Vietnam. 18 December 1965. And the citation reads as follows. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity, at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty. When the company was suddenly pinned down by a hail of extremely accurate enemy fire and was quickly separated from the remainder of the battalion by over 500 meters of open and fire-swept ground and casualties mounted rapidly, Lieutenant Barnum quickly made a hazardous reconnaissance of the area, seeking targets for his artillery. Finding the rifle company commander mortally wounded and the radio operator killed, he with complete disregard for his safety, gave aid to the dying commander, then removed the radio from the dead operator and strapped it to himself. He immediately assumed command of the rifle company, and moving at once into the midst of the heavy fire, rallying and giving encouragement to all units, reorganized them to replace the loss of key personnel, and led their attack on enemy positions from which deadly fire continued to come. His sound and swift decisions and his obvious calm served to stabilize the badly decimated units in his gallant example as he stood exposed repeatedly to point out targets served as an inspiration to all provided with two armed helicopters he moved fearlessly through enemy fire to control the air attack against the firmly entrenched enemy while skillfully directing one platoon in a successful counterattack on the key enemy positions. Having thus cleared a small area, he requested and directed the landing of two transport helicopters for the evacuation of the dead and wounded. He then assisted in mopping up and final seizure of the battalion's objective. His gallant initiative and heroic conduct reflected great credit upon himself and were in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Marine Corps and U.S. Naval Service. Okay, the next recipient, James P. Fleming, 1st Lieutenant at the time, United States Air Force, 20th Special Operations Squadron. Date of issue, April 14th, 1970. Location, near Duc Co, Republic of Vietnam, 26th November, 1968. The citation reads as follows, For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity in action at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty. Captain Fleming, then 1st Lieutenant, distinguished himself as the aircraft commander of a UH UH-1F transport helicopter. Captain Fleming went to the aid of six-man special forces long-range reconnaissance patrol that was in danger of being overrun by a large, heavily armed, hostile force. Despite the knowledge that one helicopter had been downed by an intense hostile fire, Captain Fleming descended and balanced his helicopter on a riverbank with the tail boom hanging over open water. The patrol could not penetrate to the landing site and he was forced to withdraw. Dangerously low on fuel, Captain Fleming repeated his original landing maneuver. Disregarding his own safety, he remained in the exposed position. Hostile fire crashed through his windscreen as the patrol boarded his helicopter. Captain Fleming made a successful takeoff through a barrage of hostile fire and recovered safely at a forward base. Captain Fleming's profound concern for his fellow men and, at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, are in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Air Force and reflect great credit upon himself and the armed forces of his country. Okay, and the next one, Donald E. Ballard, Hospital Corpsman, 2nd Class, United States Navy. Company M is and Mike, Third Battalion, Fourth Marines, Third Marine Division. Date of issue, April Fourteenth, nineteen seventy. Location, Quang Tri Province, Republic of Vietnam. Sixteen May, nineteen sixty-eight. And the citation reads as follows: For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life and beyond the call of duty while serving as a Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class, with Company M in connection with operations against enemy aggressor forces. During the afternoon hours, Company N was moving to join the remainder of the 3rd Battalion in Quang Tri province. After treating and evacuating two heat casualties, Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class Ballard was returning to his platoon from the evacuation landing zone when the company was ambushed by a North Vietnamese Army unit, employing automatic weapons and mortars, and sustained numerous casualties. Observing the wounded Marine, Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class Ballard unhesitantly moved across the fire-swept terrain to the injured man and swiftly rendered medical assistance to his comrade. Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class Ballard then directed four Marines to carry the casualty to a position of relative safety. As the four men prepared to move the wounded Marine, an enemy soldier suddenly left his concealed position and, after hurling a hand grenade which landed near the casualty, commenced firing upon the small group of men. Instantly shouting a warning to the Marines, Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class Ballard fearlessly threw himself upon a lethal explosive device to protect his comrades from the deadly blast. When the grenade failed to detonate, he calmly arose from the dangerous position and resolutely continued his determined efforts in treating other Marine casualties. Hospital Corpsman 2nd Class Ballard's heroic actions and selfless concern for his welfare of his companions served to inspire all who observed him and prevented possible injury or death to his fellow Marines. His courage, daring initiative, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of extreme personal danger sustain and enhance the finest traditions of the United States Naval Service. Okay, the next recipient is Dakota Meyer, Sergeant, United States Marine Corps. Embedded Training Team 2-8, Regional Corps Advisory Command 3-7. Date of Issue, September 15, 2011. Location, Kunar Province, Afghanistan, 8 September 2009. Corporal Meyer maintained security at a patrol rally point while other members of his team moved on foot with two platoons of Afghan National Army and border police into the village of Ganjgal for a pre-dawn meeting with village elders. Moving into the village, the patrol was ambushed by more than 50 enemy fighters firing rocket-propelled grenades, mortars, and machine guns from houses and fortified positions on the slopes above. Hearing over the radio that four U.S. team members were cut off, Corporal Meyer seized the initiative. With a fellow Marine driving, Corporal Meyer took the exposed gunner's position in a gun truck as they drove down the steeply terraced terrain in a daring attempt to disrupt the enemy attack and locate the trapped U.S. team. Disregarding intense enemy fire now concentrated on their lone vehicle, Corporal Meyer killed a number of enemy fighters with the mounted machine guns and his rifle, some at near point-blank range, as he and his driver made three solo trips into the ambush area. During the first two trips, he and his driver evacuated two dozen Afghan soldiers, many of whom were wounded. When one machine gun became inoperable, he directed a return to the rally point to switch to another gun truck for a third trip into the ambush area, where his accurate fire directly supported the remaining U.S. personnel and Afghan soldiers fighting their way out of the ambush. Despite a shrapnel wound to his arm, Corporal Meyer made two more trips into the ambush area in a third gun truck accompanied by four other Afghan vehicles to recover more wounded Afghan soldiers and search for the missing U.S. team members. Still under heavy enemy fire, he dismounted the vehicle on the fifth trip and moved on foot to locate and recover the bodies of his team members. Corporal Myers' daring initiative and bold fighting spirit throughout the six-hour battle significantly disrupted the enemy's attack and inspired the members of the combined force to fight on. His unwavering courage and steadfast devotion to his U.S. and Afghan comrades in the face of almost certain death reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the higher standards of the U.S. Marine. Corps and the United States Naval Service. The next recipient, Charles S. Kettles, Major, United States Army, 176th Assault Helicopter Company, 14th Combat Aviation Battalion, Task Force, Oregon. Date of issue, July 18, 2016. Location, near Duc Pho, Republic of Vietnam, May 15, 1967. The citation reads as follows. On 15 May 1967, Major Kettles, upon learning that an airborne infantry unit had suffered casualties during an intense firefight with the enemy, immediately volunteered to lead a flight of six UH-1 and Delta helicopters to carry reinforcements to the embattled force and to evacuate wounded personnel. Enemy small arms, automatic weapons, and mortar fire raked the landing zone, inflicting heavy damage to the helicopters. However, Major Kettles refused to depart until all helicopters were loaded to capacity. He then returned to the battlefield with full knowledge of the intense enemy fire awaiting his arrival to bring more reinforcements, landing in the midst of enemy mortar and automatic weapons fire that seriously wounded his gunner and severely damaged his aircraft. Upon departing, Major Kettles was advised by another helicopter crew that he had had fuel streaming out of his aircraft. Despite the risk posed by the leaking fuel, he nursed the damaged aircraft back to base. Later that day, the infantry battalion commander requested immediate emergency extraction of the remaining 40 troops including four members of Major Kettles' unit who were stranded when their helicopter was destroyed by enemy fire. With only one flyable UH UH-1 helicopter remaining, Major Kettles volunteered to return to the deadly landing zone for a third time, leading a flight of six evacuation helicopters, five of which were from the 161st Aviation Company. During the extraction, Major Kettles was informed by the last helicopter that all personnel were on board and departed the landing zone accordingly. Army gunships supporting the evacuation also departed the area. Once airborne, Major Kettles was advised that eight troops had been unable to reach the evacuation helicopters due to the intense enemy fire. With complete disregard for his own safety, Major Kettles passed the lead to another helicopter and returned to the landing zone to rescue the remaining troops. Without gunship, artillery, or tactical aircraft support, the enemy concentrated all firepower on his lone aircraft, which was immediately damaged by a mortar round that shattered both front windshields and the chin bubble and was further raked by small arms and machine gun fire. Despite the intense enemy fire, Major Kettles maintained control of the aircraft and situation, allowing time for the remaining eight soldiers to board the aircraft. In spite of the severe damage to his helicopter, Major Kettles once more skillfully guided his heavily damaged aircraft to safety. Without his courageous actions and superior flying skills, the last group of soldiers and his crew would never have made it off the battlefield. Major Kettle's selfless acts and repeated valor and determination are in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon himself and the United States Army. The next recipient is Thomas Jerome Hudner Jr., Lieutenant, United States Navy, Fighter Squadron 32, Date of Issue, April 13, 1951 Location Chosin Reservoir Area of Korea 4 December 1950 And the citation reads for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty as a pilot in Fighter Squadron 32 while attempting to rescue a squadron mate whose plane, struck by anti-aircraft fire and trailing smoke, was forced down behind enemy lines. Quickly maneuvering to circle the downed pilot and protect him from enemy troops infesting the area, Lieutenant Junior Grade Hudner risked his life to save the injured flyer who was trapped alive in the burning wreckage. Fully aware of the extreme danger in landing on high, rough mountain Mountainous terrain and the scant hope of escape or survival in the sub-zero temperature he put his plane down skillfully in a deliberate wheels up landing in the presence of enemy troops with his bare hands he packed the fuselage with snow to keep the flames away from the pilot and struggled to pull him free Unsuccessful in this, he returned to his crashed aircraft and radioed other airborne planes, requesting that a helicopter be dispatched with an axe and fire extinguisher. He then remained on spot despite the continuing danger from enemy action and with the assistance of the rescue pilot. Renewed a desperate but unavailing battle against time, cold and flames, Lieutenant Junior Grade Hudner's exceptionally valiant action and selfless devotion to a shipmate sustain and enhance the highest traditions of United States Naval Service. And the next recipient is Ryan M. Pitts, Sergeant United States Army, Second Battalion, five hundred and third Infantry, one hundred and seventy third Airborne Brigade. Date of issue July 21, 2014. Location July 13, 2008. Wanat Village, Kunar Province, Afghanistan. And the citation reads. Sergeant Ryan M Pitts distinguished himself by extraordinary acts of heroism at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as a forward observer in Second Platoon, Chosen Company, Second Battalion, Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade during combat operations against an armed enemy at vehicle patrol base Kolar in the vicinity of Wanat Village, Kunar Province, Afghanistan on July 13, 2008. Early that morning, while Sergeant Pitts was providing perimeter security at Observation Post topside, a well organized anti-Afghan force consisting of 200 members initiated a close proximity sustained and complex assault using accurate and intense rocket propelled grenade, machine gun and small arms fire on Wanat Vehicle Patrol Base. An immediate wave of rocket propelled grenade rounds engulfed the Observation Post wounding Sergeant Pitts and in inflicting heavy casualties. Sergeant Pitts had been knocked to the and was bleeding heavily from shrapnel wounds to his arms and legs, but with incredible toughness and resolve, he subsequently took control of the observation post and returned fire on the enemy. As the enemy drew nearer, Sergeant Pitts threw grenades, holding them after the pin was pulled and the safety lever was released to allow a nearly immediate detonation on the hostile forces. Unable to stand on his own and near death because of the severity of his wounds and blood loss, Sergeant Pitts continued to lay suppressive fire until a two-man reinforcement team arrived. Sergeant Pitts quickly assisted them by giving up his main weapon and gathering ammunition all while continually lobbing fragmentary grenades until these were expended. At this point, Sergeant Pitts crawled to the northern position radio and described the situation to the command post as the enemy continued to try and isolate the observation post from the main patrol base. With the enemy close enough for him to hear their voices and with total disregard for his own life, Sergeant Pitts whispered in the radio situation reports and conveyed information that the command post used to provide indirect fire support. Sergeant Pitt's courage, steadfast commitment to the defense of his unit, and ability to fight while seriously wounded prevented the enemy from overrunning the observation post and capturing fallen American soldiers, and ultimately prevented the enemy from gaining fortified positions on higher ground from which to attack Wanat Vehicle Patrol Base. Sergeant Ryan M. Pitt's extraordinary heroism and selflessness above and beyond the call of duty are in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon himself, Company C, 2nd Battalion Airborne, 503rd Infantry Regiment, 173rd Airborne Brigade, and the United States Army. And the next recipient is Ernest E. West, Private First Class United States Army, Company L, 14th Infantry Regiment, 25th Infantry Division. Date of Issue, January 12, 1954. Location, near Satari, Korea, 12 October 1952. And the citation reads... Private First Class West distinguished himself by conspicuous gallantry above and beyond the call of duty in action against the enemy. He voluntarily accompanied a contingent to locate and destroy a reported enemy outpost. Nearing the objective, the patrol was ambushed and suffered numerous casualties. Observing his wounded leader lying in an exposed position, Private First Class West ordered the troops to withdraw then braved the intense fire to reach and assist him. While attempting evacuation, he was attacked by three hostile soldiers employing grenades and small arms fire. Quickly shifting his body to shelter the officer, he killed the assailants with his rifle, then carried the helpless man to safety. He was critically wounded and lost an eye in this action, but courageously returned through withering fire and bursting shells to assist the wounded. While evacuating two comrades, he closed with and killed three more of the foe. Private First Class West's indomitable spirit, consummate valor, and intrepid actions inspired all who observed him, reflect the highest credit on himself, and uphold the honored traditions of the military service. Okay, I'm going to end on that note for now. But I decided while doing this program that I will go ahead and try and continue this. This will be a part one and once a week I'm going to try and mention some other Medal of Honor recipients as I believe that they have earned it. Now, I, I don't want to take away from anybody that served in our military or is serving I think all of them are heroes. I respect all our veterans and all our military service members in all branches, in all capacities. The reason that I am mentioning Medal of Honor recipients is because I don't think that they get mentioned enough, and they did receive the highest honor. Now, it doesn't take away from anything that anybody in the military is doing or has done. I think they're all heroes, and I think they deserve respect for their dedication to freedom and fighting for that freedom. On that note, I'll go ahead and conclude the episode, but I will continue this as a series, and I'll try and continue with other Medal of Honor recipients on a weekly basis. Before I I leave this episode, I want to at least give some credit to some places that I did some research. I did a lot of research for the Medalists of Honor and and the history and so forth, so I could have some background information. But a couple websites really helped out with some information on the actual recipients and the history of the medal itself. Those websites I, I have to give mention to. The first website is C is in Charlie, M is in Mike, O is in Oscar, H is in Hotel, S is in Sierra.org. Congressional Medal of Honor Society.org, I guess is what the actual site is. And then the other one is all words together, themedalofhonor.com. Both of those sites, again, cmohs.org and themedalofhonor.com, do a good job of recognizing these people and all that they've done and keeping track of it and keeping it all consolidated in one location. Please let me know if you have any comments or suggestions or any feedback. Thank you for listening, and please check back again soon.